Since you enjoy this show, I thought I'd throw out there another podcast you might like. It's a show about the intersection of design, technology, and the creative process. It's the Design Better podcast. And in each episode, hosts Eli Woolery and Aaron Walter bring you conversations with inspiring creative thinkers like John Cleese and David Sedaris, people who bring design and technology together like Tony Fadal, co-inventor of the iPhone and the iPod. So far, some standout episodes for me have been when they talk to John Cleese of Monty Python about creativity. That is one of my favorite topics and one of my favorite people. Then also one of my favorite musicians, Tycho, about his creative process. And they talk with Seth Godin about how creativity is an act of generosity. I've always been fascinated by design, the creativity behind it, the implementation of it, both to improve our lives from a functionality and user interface standpoint, also from an artful bringing beauty into the world approach. So whether you're a design curious person like me or a design pro, Design Better is a great listen that inspires and informs. Subscribe to the Design Better podcast at designbetterpodcast.com or in your favorite podcast app like the one you're using right now. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I'm your host, Eric Fisher. This is the show where I talk to the people behind the productivity. This week, I'm excited to share with you a conversation that I had with Amber De La Garza. She's the producer and host of the Productivity Straight Talk podcast. She's been on the show once before, and she and her show are all about helping business owners with their productivity. In this conversation, we talk about putting your best time towards your best activities, drilling down into each of those things, the best time, as well as the best activities, how to decide when that is and what those are. And then we spend some time talking about the four buckets that every business owner needs to make sure that they are optimizing their time and planning for. I know that even if you're not a business owner, you're going to get a lot out of this episode. I know I did. So I'll get out of the way and say, enjoy listening to this conversation with Amber De La Garza. Well, this week, it is my privilege to welcome back to the show, Amber De La Garza. Amber, welcome back. Uh, thank you for having me. I'm so glad we were able to make this happen. Me too. Lots of rescheduling, but hey, that's time management, right? So Yes, that's right. <laughs> so, we, we made it through some six seasons and all that kind of stuff. So uh, here we are. Everyone's healthy and we're ready to give them a good episode. Well, and that's, you know what, that even touches on kind of our topic in a sense, because sometimes, well, let's, let's first and foremost say, uh, you and I saw each other uh, in person for the first time, actually, um, at podcast Pod- movement uh 2019 in F- orlando florida uh, in august and it was a great event i hadn't been for two years not that i didn't want to i just couldn't really kind of make it work but it wasn't as high a priority and then i and now from now on i'm gonna just make sure it's always something i could go to so there you go but uh yeah it was a great time we said you know you've got to come back on the show and <laughs> we scheduled it and then like, i know ugh. you know there's something to be said about those conferences. I'm glad you're putting it on your schedule because I was waiting for someone in the lobby and you walked by and then we got to reconnect. And I mean, that's like the 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 best part of the conferences is the relationships and reconnecting and all of that good stuff. For sure. Yeah. And so, it, like I said, we, we scheduled it and then had to reschedule it. I think I think I had to bail on you twice and then you had to reschedule also. And what's funny is, is like, you know, 
your your podcast and my podcast, they're both part of our businesses. And yet what goes what you know, what happens for a business owner when suddenly like your whole world falls apart because you're so sick you can barely do your day job, let alone the side job that, you know, my podcast is for me. And, you know, we'll get into that a little bit, but your yeah. show um, primarily is productivity for small business owners. And we, we've not necessarily – I don't like to talk specifics of business and business alone on this show because I don't look at it as a business podcast, but it's a productivity podcast. And you're sharing pretty productivity tips for small business owners. And so I thought it's appropriate for us to kind of drill down on that topic this time around because, hey, if we can't go there, you know – I mean, why not? Why not go there? In other words, there's so many people that listen that either have a small business or want to. Yes, for sure. And, you know, honestly, um, a lot of the strategies that I share are so relevant to anyone that has big goals that they're going after and achieving. So if you're listening and you're like, I don't own a small business, I don't want to own a business, stay tuned. I, I guarantee that if you're able to overlay what we're going to talk about here today, it will be incredibly valuable for um, achieving any goals that you're set for yourself. Yes. And, you know, and Honestly, you know, if <laughs> a lot of the same principles in time management, in productivity, in, you know, managing yourself, managing others, managing relationships, they're all, again, built on these kind of overlaying or underlying, I guess is better, you know, for foundational because you build upon it, uh, principles. And so, it, it, you know, you end up watching a movie that uh, is a documentary and you're like, oh, that was interesting. But you got something different out of it than, say, the the person who made the film uh, was originally intending. We all take away our own takeaways. So, yes. And and just to further bring your point home is you can listen to the same uh, training or podcast or watch the same movie. And because you've shifted, you hear or see or experience something different. So yeah, yes, I love yes. that. And that's always, I, I'm always excited when that happens because then that's when the dialogue starts is what do you mean? I didn't even see that in there. What are you talking about? So yeah. <laughs> right. Like watching Marvel movies with my son and husband. I'm like, <laughs> you heard what? You saw what? Like that totally went over my head. I don't get any of it. I mean, oh, I get yeah. the movie, but they get all of the backstory and the intricacies and the whatever else they love to talk about. <laughs> for sure. For sure. I, I know exactly what you're talking about because I am that geek out, you know, father with my daughter and my son when we watch those. So, yeah. Um, and by the way, you've been on the show before, and I will link up to that episode in the show notes. Uh, it was episode 166. And in fact, you remember what it was we talked about because you looked it up before we hit recording. Do you have that in front of you still? I do. So we talked about priorities, daily planning, and time blocking. Perfect. Lots of good time management tips yes. in there, I'm sure. And some of that may come up again in this conversation. But I want to start first and foremost is that you define productivity differently than a lot of other people. What is your definition of productivity? Yeah. So the definition I'm going to share um, is been created by myself just over the years, practicing and teaching and teaching productivity. And what I had realized when I got into this space was that everyone seemed to have a different perspective or experience or definition of productivity. So for this episode, I'm going to um, invite you into my definition. And if y'all like it, you get to keep it as my gift. But productivity is investing your best time into your best activities. 
And I'm going to repeat that. It's a framework that can literally lay over any goal you have. So productivity is investing your best time into your best activities. Now, how do I define your best time? That's going to be your focus, uninterrupted um, time in the day. And that's different for everyone. And two of the activities that are going to propel you towards your goals. And those activities are different because each one of us are different. Our goals are different. And so this framework really helps you clarify, okay, and ask the question of what is my best time and what are my best activities? And when I'm aligning those two things, I am being my most productive self. I love this for business, but it works for your personal goals and even relationship goals. So let's just say you had a health goal, right? And your health goal is includes um, meal planning. And so you could easily say you don't have time to meal plan and life got busy and you had all these fires to put out and the list goes on and on. But really to be productive, it would it would mean that you have scheduled the time that you made the time that was your best time that you're focused to show up and do your best activity, which was meal plan. And that set you up for success and propelled you towards your health goals. It's really as simple as that. Um, Eric, I think that a lot of people equate productivity with either being incredibly efficient or being organized. And I do not think those are the, the same as being productive. Well, and those things, I agree with you, those aren't necessarily productive in and of themselves. But in some senses, being organized can kind of clear the clutter out of your way to stop you from being slowed down by those things and otherwise, you know, eliminating, you know, whether it's literal things in front of your feet or under your feet as you walk around like Legos um, or, yes. uh, you know, because, again, if we got all these Legos around and you want to get from one end of the house to the other uh, to, to meet those goals, as you were talking about, as being your most productive self, then, yeah, that comes into play. But it, it's not the be all end all. Again, I think it's the results that you're after in the end. Uh, that you're talking about. It's just that, you know, like with all productivity talk, uh, we get bogged down in a lot of the different details. So organization, and what was the other thing you said? I, I, and efficiency, and in organization a, yes. and efficiency, yeah. So and efficiency and organization fit in there because those are kind of, hey, if we can make our, if we can eliminate slowdown and with uh, being more organized, and if we can become even faster by becoming more efficient, then yay, we get to do what you're talking about faster or at yes. least less slow. But again, that's just kind of making sure there's no cars, you know, on the track as we're driving. Yes. So they're like supporting cast members, right? Like yes. they're not the star of the show. And here's why I really like to separate those out is because there's a lot of beliefs that, you know, people might like start itching when you talk about time management or productivity because they're like, I've never been someone that is um, incredibly organized. Um, and so they have beliefs and experiences that support those beliefs thus far. And here's what I want to say to that. So organization. Um, um, here's how we know they're not the same as being productive because we all know someone that has a color-coded calendar, perfectly clean desk, file folders that are alphabetized, but they're not slaying their goals. But we also may know of someone that you could barely see behind their desk, right? Like there, there, there's not much organization there, but they're incredibly focused on showing up for their high value activities and they are slaying their goals. 
Now, because both of those are true, that's why they're not, to me, connected to organization directly. Now, if you're talking to me, speaking to me, and you say, uh, you know, I have this goal and I and I just I don't have the time. I don't I don't have the time to do the activities that will get me to that goal. And you are spending five, ten minutes looking for your keys to get out of the house. That's a problem. So when disorganization's hindering you and is slowing you down and is wasting time that can otherwise be invested into these activities that will serve you, that's when I say, okay, let's look at organization. Let's look at the efficiency. Because even efficiency, um, Peter Drucker says, um, he has a quote, and I'm going to paraphrase it, Mm -hmm. but pretty much he said that you can be efficient, but you can be efficient at the wrong things. And it's it's really true in that there's some people that love creating business systems and love creating processes and being incredibly efficient, but they were not clear about those high value activities that that really will move the needle and and get them the goals that they achieve that they want to achieve. Yeah, I you know one I I think this may be a completely different quote because he has so many of them that are great. Yeah, uh, so he's, great. He's got either the same one that's that you're paraphrasing or a different one, which sounds very similar, which is um, efficiency is doing things right, but effectiveness is doing the right things. Yeah. So mine is probably a little bit different, but I've yeah. heard that one as well. Yeah. You want to be you want to make sure you're being effective, which in this example that we're sharing, effective means that it's helping you achieve your your goals quicker, faster and more effectively. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. So. And and again, to that end, uh, again, like you said, we need to find our best time as well as our best activities to propel us towards that, uh, that end goal. And we can have more than one goal, but like, uh, let's talk a little bit here about what you mean by those two components for a bit. Let's unpack finding your best time and then let's pivot over to, uh, best activities. Okay. I have some um, great examples of finding your best time. So my belief is that, well, we are not created the same. You, me, and anyone else that's listening here. And so what that means is I can't tell you what the perfect environment is for you to create your best time, which would be your focus, right? Having that focus where, you know, a bomb could go off and you're like pounding away at the work or you're so in your zone that you really are not distracted or self-distracting yourself. That would be that zone where you feel like you are being so, so productive. Well, I believe we've all experienced that, but I don't think that we're experiencing it. It's that it's that common to experience it um, on demand or as um, uh, consistently as our goals require us to. Meaning it feels so elusive to have that focus time because things get so busy and overwhelmed and there's so many distractions. And so what I really, really love to do is really ask you um, or the listener so you can ask yourself is like, what was that environment that you were in that you were able to create that extreme focus? I have... um, a personal story about this is a great example. So before I started my business seven years ago, I was in corporate and I was in management. So I had an office and there was a bunch of cubicles outside of my office. And like any good manager, the door was open and I worked away. And when I left corporate and came home, I thought, 
holy moly, watch out. Like, I am going to nail this. Like, I'm going to be so productive. It's going to be so quiet. There's going to be no distractions. I got this. And I remember sitting down at my desk and my desk was in front of the window in the front of the house. And I remember wanting to curse at the birds that were landing on the trees and the mailman that drove by and my dog that was shuffling on the ground. Because my work environment was so quiet, Every little noise was distracting me. And what I had found was that I had trained myself to find great focus with a lot of white noise. And at the time, it wasn't popular like it is now where you can literally download cafe noise and there's apps that replicate this. But I thought that was really weird. And this was before my long journey into productivity and time management. And I thought that is so weird. And I stayed in frustration for quite a while because I thought it should be a certain way. And then I started working from a cafe. And I I was like, oh my gosh, I'm getting like great focus, great work on like the blenders are going, people are going out the door, in and out of the door, and I'm sitting in the corner getting my best work done. So if I wasn't working with a client the first year and a half of my business, you would find me in a cafe, um, a local cafe here, because that's what I needed to find that extreme focus, even though that wasn't popular then. Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search, just match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch that busy work. Instead, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. I wish I had Indeed when I was in the hiring process in roles in the past because it is a slow, arduous headache of a process to find the right people or at least it used to be, join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to find and hire great talent fast. In fact, in the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash to-do list. Just go to Indeed.com slash to-do list right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash to-do list. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So for me, it's not an all or nothing scenario. I wonder if it's that way for you as well, uh, where sometimes for certain work, I need to have it be completely silent. Or not, I, I, you know what? I don't know that I never needed completely silent. Let, let, let me let me put it that way because you know often I'm using a, a tool called Brain uh, Brain FM and that helps me focus. And it's not necessarily like the ambience of it. It's just that there it it does a certain thing. It it kind of fine tunes your brain, helps you focus on the thing that you're doing, uh, the task at hand. However, I don't like being at home and then listening to something all day long only by myself. And so I will go to the coffee shop to bring a pad of paper and get a cup of coffee and sit and like do analog work instead, brainstorming or brain dump or weekly review with, you know, a planner or a binder or whatever depends on what day it is. And, you know, and luckily, (laughs) you know, I, I do the carpool for my daughter for high school to drop her off. And the coffee shop I like is, within a couple of minutes uh, on the way home from there. So it's really nice to be able to do that. But I can't, I, I don't like sitting in the same place the whole time all day long. I just can't do it. 
Right. Yeah. I mean, it really does affect um, everything affects everyone differently. And what I believe is that people have been told that they need to show up and be a certain way. And when they're not, they, they ignore it and they're not leaning into it or even approaching it as an experiment. With my clients, I always say this is an experiment. I want you to go out and try different things than you've currently been doing. And I also want you to listen to cues of what is working for you. And then the answer is, how do you do more of that? I had this client. Her name was Lisa. Actually, she's still a client of mine. Uh, And she had a home office and then she had a a regular office, which her employees all um, worked at. And she was feeling guilt about wanting to work from home more and more and more because she was able to find her groove and her focus. And when we started pulling back the the curtains and asking questions, she's like, no, it's not my employees. Like everyone respects the closed door policy. It's not even that. And so we dug deeper and deeper. And I was like, walk me through exactly what you do from the time you decide you're working at home to getting into your zone. And as she did that, we realized that her go-to was um, flipping on Judge Judy in the background on the TV. And at first, we didn't we didn't land on it. I just listened, and then and then it was like another thing and another thing, and another thing, and we come full circle. And I was like. Is Judge Judy distracting you? Like, are you watching it? Do you find yourself like breaking your concentration? She's like, after I turn it on, I literally have no idea what's going on. She's like, it's just the the noise in the background. And I said, okay, so we're going to approach this as an experiment. Um, do you have a TV at your office, um, your regular office? And she said, yes. And I was like, all right, I want you to go in and I want you to turn on Judge Judy, Judy during your um, closed office time and tell me what happens. And she came back and she's like, oh my gosh, it was like my trigger to get in my zone. And um, that like, it was so unexpected. And it, because it came from an, ex, you know, like experimenting and that that was okay. She was the boss and she could do it. Hey, if it's working and you're doing your best work, I don't think that there should be any shame or anyone telling you what you should be doing or not doing. As a small business owner, this is one of those caveats that like, hey, you get to make the rules. Um, and so in those circumstances, I say lean into it and do what works. Because at the end of the day, we just want to do our best work. Yes. Well, so leaning into it, but in order to lean into it, we're going to want to know where it is. So how do we go about discovering, you know, when that best time is since it's all it's it, since it's most likely different for all of us? Yeah. So I say, again, you're experimenting. So maybe you've been told your whole life or you hold the belief because your parents or society has told you that to be productive, you need to do your best work first thing in the morning. Right. And so that's when you've been putting your best work and yet you're not showing up like you're distracting yourself or you're avoiding the work or whatever that looks like. But you keep putting it on your schedule because that's when productive people do their work. If that's not working, move it on your schedule. Um, maybe it's after two cups of coffee or after lunch, or maybe it's the type of work you're doing. Like you were sharing, Eric, is like some work Maybe better, like like brain dumping and 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 brainstorming and creativity. Maybe that doesn't happen for you until at night after the kids go to sleep or or everything gets quiet. If that's the case, and that is in alignment with your overall goals, meaning you're not taking away from something else because you're staying up two hours to do your your deep best work, then experiment with that. And if it's possible, do it and do it consistently and on purpose. 
That's the thing is, is I can't tell you, but I have this long list. Um, I call it a workplace optimizer um, worksheet. And it's like, what was the temperature? What were you hearing? What were you seeing? Where were you sitting? Were you standing? Were you sitting? Were you? um, And so you're just asking all of these types of questions um, to really activate what is it that I really need to do my best work and focus. Well, and a lot of us don't really remember the last time we felt truly focused or like we were, you know, in the zone, although we maybe have an inkling of it. And so, yeah, the experimenting of, well, try a standing desk or try going to a coffee shop or try complete silence or, you know, and and all of the above. And I like that you even said temperature because that definitely plays a part for me for sure. So. It totally does. I mean, it could also mean that you're, you are drinking two cups of coffee and now you're too wired to do like incredibly focused work, right? Like content creation. Like my, one of my big, um, high value activities is content creation. Well, I apps, I actually do better with two cups of coffee, but some people, maybe you need to experiment with, you know, doing the work before two cups of coffee. You know what I mean? Like, like it could be the food that you're eating at lunch. Um, there's so much to it, um, but it doesn't have to be complicated. You know you best. I just think people haven't been listening to themselves and saying it's okay to do the thing, even though it seems weird that I, you know, go for a run and then do my best work. Like. Yeah. Maybe that's not weird. Maybe that's amazing. And so now if if I was your productivity coach, I'd say, how do you go for more runs? Let's talk about that. Because <laughs> then when you go for a run, you're doing your best work, which means you're being incredibly effective and efficient. Because as you know, Eric, like if we don't want to do something, we'll find every distraction. If it's not finding us, we're going to create the distraction. Well, for and sure. So, <laughs> right? right. I call it self-distraction. Like, like everyone wants to talk about everyone else distracting you, but then you get that block of time where nobody's distracting you and you think that is all I ever needed. And then you go scroll Facebook yourself or you, <laughs> you go check email yourself. Right. And so it's about learning and training yourself to, um, on demand, get into your deep work and then get out of it. Yeah. Um, I like that you, I like that you mentioned, um, Going for more runs because that's exactly, you know, my, my lack of working out during that period of time where we had to reschedule <laughs> a couple of different times to, to make this recording happen. I noticed in the opposite direction that just my energy was lower. My focus was just not, it was so hard to get back into the focus zone. Now, part of that was I was suffering from other sickness, um, symptoms. But I could tell that even on the days where I wasn't feeling all that sick, but I was still just enough that if I went and, and, you know, did my uh, intensive walk and stuff on the treadmill and everything that it was going to, you know, flare up the sickness again and I didn't do it, that I wasn't feeling like in the zone or on, you know, focus mode. And it just it stunk. I've done it sometimes. I, I've I've been, you know, dipping my toe back into it. And those are the days that I'm like, this is what real life needs to fe- start feeling like again. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting how it goes away and you're like, hmm, it like like it's not really that loud. And you kind of think about it, but it's not like, hey, Eric, you stopped working out. That's why you're not focusing. It's kind of like, hmm, let me let me let me figure out what's going on here. And then you work out and you're like, oh, I know what was going on, right? Like, I know what the missing key is. <laughs> for sure, for sure. So um, I want to, oh, sorry. Go for it. I just no, want to share one more example. Yeah, this just came up yesterday. Um, so I had a client that was like, look, I, I find myself 
she doesn't use the word buffering. I said buffering. So what she said was, she's like, if I don't want to do the work, I'm like, you know, checking my email and I'm scrolling Facebook. And, and she's like, I have so much work to do and I'm avoiding it. And she's like, and it's not for long periods of time. It's like 10, 15 minutes. It's like my brain just needs a break. And the truth is our brains do need a break. Like if you're doing incredibly focused work, maybe your sprint of focus time is 20 minutes and maybe mine's 90 minutes. You need to find your your duration of time. Um, and and then you can build upon it. I often say it's kind of like a muscle that you're you're building up. If you are currently not going through any blocks of time where your you know chimes, rings, and dings aren't coming at you, and you're not distracted, then try 15 minutes of just like complete silence, no distraction work, and then build that up and build that up. But with my client, she was needing to um, you know buffer and kind of like disconnect before she went into the work again. And um, she, I know she responds to working out and moving her body. And so I just challenged her as, can you replace when you have the urge to scroll Facebook to, to buffer? Can you do yoga? Can you do a couple yoga moves or 10 minutes of yoga? One, now you've turned it into a productive break because she has goals around her health. She will move her body. She'll come back much more um, able to focus than just kind of, you know, mm, scrolling Facebook, right? Like it does let you detach, but it's not really doing anything for you to set you up for success when you get back to work. So that's just another example of like figuring yourself out and and trying different things in the pursuit of wanting to show up and do your best work. Well, and I wouldn't say, you know, I learned a a while ago that if during a uh, break of 20 minutes, half an hour, or even a lunch hour, if you want to call it that, um, picking up another screen when I was just on one does Mm. not bring me down or does not recharge me as much as it could be. And I know all the people out there who are like, but social media, you're connecting with people, connecting with people is healthy because it's relationships. And I'm like, bull crap, because (laughs) not it's, it is not getting you away from a screen. You are not doing something alternate necessarily. Like in other words, I would be better off stepping up and walking if I was sitting or sitting, if I was at a standing desk, doing the opposite thing, in other words, is what's going to really recharge you. So maybe instead of picking up the screen or, you're, you know, picking up the phone, walking out, you know, someone like, and I, I here's the thing, because I've justified this before. So, it, you know, I've, I've been the I've been the person who's played devil's advocate here. Now I'm here to tell you it doesn't work. I have been yeah. the one to pick my phone up, go outside and say, I'm taking a break because I'm outside in the sun and I'm walking, but I'm also staring at my phone, tweeting or replying to people on Facebook or whatever, and thinking that that's healthy. Now, here's the right. thing. It can be healthy to a certain point to reconnect, but it's you're better off sitting down and doing those social interactions briefly as kind of or, or even a scheduled point in time in the morning and the evening, which, which is what I've been trying to do with a social media, personal social media strategy. Uh, there will be a uh, um, oh, what is it? A, a an episode on that in the future. Trust me. Um, <laughs> and uh, but point being. Um, you'd, you'd almost be better to get out a pad and paper and say, you know what? I want to make sure I, uh, come back and talk to this person or this person. Uh, you know, have a snack if you weren't having a snack, drink water if you were already drinking coffee, do the opposite of all the things you were just doing. So, yeah. there you go. 
personal experience. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, think about how our kids, how kids are in preschool or even elementary school. Like they, if they're doing it in a way that I, I think is appropriate, is they're switching it up, right? They're not doing long durations of one subject. They're going, they're sitting on the floor for reading time and then they'll do an activity that, you know, uses their hands and then they'll take them outside and then they bring them in. And that's on purpose. Like that's on purpose because they have to um, engage them and they need to keep them interested and, and not bored. And, like what age is it? Is it 18 when you're considered an adult that you no longer need that? I don't think so. I don't think Except- we don't ever no longer need that. I think we pretend that as an adult, we're more mature and we're, yeah. you know, have a handle on life or whatever you want to call it. We're adulting. Yeah. And, and we should just grind yeah. it out. And that just doesn't feel great. It, and, and it's not supposed to feel great. Let's pick up and pivot here by going to best activities. We've talked about best time. Now let's talk about uh, best activities and identifying, you know, what those are for us. Because again, those are going to be different for everybody. Yes, 100%. They're different for everyone. Um, And this is incredibly important to get clear about on the front end of, you know, creating your goals. Because when you are in decision mode of what you are going to consider your most productive time or most productive activities, rather, uh, we're really good at negotiating with ourselves. So if your most productive activity has to do with, um, you know, let's just say like for one, one of mine would be discovery calls. Well, if I don't want to do discovery calls, I could talk myself into, you know, social media interaction being my high value activity. And you do that enough and disconnect it from the actual goal. Um, you're not going to reach your goals because you've just like tricked yourself like, yeah, well, just today, I think this this could be an activity that falls under my um most productive activities. And so what I recommend is that you get incredibly clear about the activities that you want to do on a consistent and regular basis that when done, really make a huge impact on your end goal. And um, since you gave us permission to really talk in the context of business, I do want to say that in business, while you can have a lot of goals, um, they're all supporting goals to your profitability goal. And it's really important that you prioritize that as as the first goal so that you're filtering all your decision making. Um, And that's just, we don't have time to get into all of that today. But for me, the reason that's your number one goal as a business owner is because ultimately, if you're pursuing um, another goal, like let's just say social media followers, right? That could be a valid goal. But if that is um, put as more important, meaning you're spending more time on that than profit um, generating activities, you'll look around and be out of business. And so profitability ensures you have the ability to really stay in business and do all the other things you really, really want to do. So if we take profitability as your number one goal in business, there are four buckets uh, that I think every business owner will find their most valuable activities in. Okay. And so the activities may vary, but they are four major buckets. And I can briefly go over those with you, Eric, if you'd like. Yes. Perfect. Okay. Awesome. So the first bucket is going to be marketing and visibility. I think that as a small business owner, um, again, 
whether you are outsourcing this and the buck stops with you or you're doing it. And for many of us, we're doing it is that if you are not consistently showing up in activities such that letting people know what you do and how you can help them, uh, you're going to be out of business. Like that's the first bucket that needs to be filled. And I want you to think of these as buckets that's holding money and it's like overflowing. And so every time you're making an investment in the activities of marketing and visibility, when that bucket's overflowing, we get to go to the second bucket. And the second bucket is sales conversations. Okay. And sales conversations are, you know, discovery calls, actually asking for the business. And so we want to be really, really specific about what a sales conversation is for your business, your industry specific to you. Um, and when you're investing in though that bucket on a consistent basis, it's overflowing to servicing your clients. Now, a lot of small business owners are service providers, not not exclusively by any means, but a lot of them are. You think coaches, even real estate professionals, interior designers. There is something that the business owner was extremely skilled at, and now they're trading that skill for um, as a service, right, for revenue. Well, what I have found is that business owners put their head down and they are incredibly focused on servicing their clients. And what happens because they're not holding their boundaries and being very purposeful with showing up in the first two buckets, when they're done servicing the client or creating the content, you know, the training or whatever that is, they look up and they're like, oh no, like I don't have any, any leads in the pipeline. And, and so this is a common issue in that if you go all in only on one bucket, you're going to see the ups and downs in your profitability and your stress level and, you know, the, the amount of business you have because every business needs consistent investment in those first three buckets. And then the, the fourth bucket that I, that you'll find your high value activities in is your leadership bucket. So whether you're currently a solopreneur or you are leading a large team, something will shift for you as you are becoming that leader and and CEO of your business and that more of your time is going to be invested in meeting and leading and training and coaching your team members. And this is a really important um, mindset. And, And I wouldn't have thought that if I had not heard many times Um, talking to people saying, if I'm in another meeting, if I have to slow down and train another employee, right? Like, like, like it's a negative. (laughs) And, and I said, but it's not every time you're investing in your employee, they're out there multiplying your time. Right. So now you're not the one that's only investing in the market marketing and visibility bucket. You're not the one that's only, you know, doing sales conversations and you're certainly not the only one servicing the clients. And so that's how I believe you can grow. And naturally, as you're growing as a, as a business owner and your business is growing, more of your time is going to be investing in others. And that's a highly, um, uh, that's a you can get a huge return on the investment of time in those ty- in that activity of leadership for sure because again those are the people who are often doing some of the things that aren't your best activities but they're still best activities for the business yes yeah 100% i mean the the my favorite way to up level in business and to grow is to identify what i'm crap at 
Like, <laughs> like, like the business, it, you know, you as a small business owner, sometimes we look at our business and ourselves as the same. And I remember when I had the mind shift that my business needs something that is is does not need to be ran through the filters of what I'm good at no longer. Right. Like the business needs something. And so the quicker I can get to I need help. I'm not the best person for that. That's not the best use of my time. Then you're looking at, okay, so what in the service of my business being successful, what does that need? And it's going to always be asking for help. We can't, we cannot do all the things and do them really, really well. Yeah, man. Yeah. And that can be a big revelation to suddenly realize that like, it's not all about you. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. And, and also just asking for help. Like I've gone through my own journey. Like I was, I was a girl that could do it all. I wore that as a badge of honor until I couldn't. And, and there's so many, you know, um, negatives to that. And then as I went through my own journey of asking for help, realizing how much quicker and faster and well, how much more happier I am that I get to stay in my zone of the things I love to do. But that doesn't happen overnight, like by any means. So wherever you're at on your journey, whether you're thinking of being a business owner or you're um, early in your business, you know, being a business owner, there's times where, yeah, you're going to wear all the hats. But the quicker you can kind of look at what's next for you or your business, you'll be able to ask for help and delegate out for sure. Yeah. And again, this is where it comes down to, you know, you can talk about efficiency in organization, which are great things when it comes to your team members, uh, (laughs) you know, and and how they assist you in your best activities. Uh, But again, it's still going to have to all come down to if you're the head of the business, then you're going to have to know your best time and your best activities in order to then help them discover their best times and their best activities towards the best activities of the business overall. Right. Yeah, I'm definitely leading that vision for sure. And I mean, and just to close up the buckets, there's five buckets and the fifth bucket is the other bucket. And we purposely didn't start with that bucket because my guess is that many of us are starting our days and our weeks with the other bucket. And the other bucket isn't, you know, a a negative or a bad thing. And many of the things that fall under our other bucket are things that our business actually needs us to do. But you need to identify what those other things are and not mix them up and call them your highest value activities. Um, I don't believe that we are meant to be productive all day, every day. And I think that that is a great way to look at it because when we do, what we try to do is cram all the things under the buckets and call them productive. But if we really held those um, activities as sacred and really showed up that for them on a consistent basis, then your business will be propelled if you are currently not showing up consistently in those buckets. But what would your business in day look like if you could spend an hour a day in your most productive, no distractions. And then what would it look like if you spent 90 minutes a day and two hours a day? And it's about gradually increasing that so that you're staying more in your zone that drives the business and less in the other bucket. Oh, man. This is this is great stuff. I'm glad that we, we dove into this, especially on the business end of things. And again, like we said earlier, this is all stuff that like, you know, I could easily translate, you know, my team into being my family 
Like maybe there's, you know, in this, and you could pivot the quote productivity towards uh, your business over to your home and running your yes. home well as well. So, uh, Eric, uh, yeah. you know, with you saying that, and I know you might want to close up. Let me no, just no, no, go share this really quick. So, my most productive use of my time. Um, so I have a relationship goal with my son. He's nine years old and his love language is quality time. And for all of you parents out there that know what it's like to pick up the kids and get the snack and get the homework, get them to the activities, get dinner on the table, dishes done in the shower and bedtime. You're like, did I say anything else to my kid other than do the next thing? Right. And I realized that was happening a few years ago. And so I looked at laying this framework over my relationship with my son. And so what I did was I said, well, what's my best time? And my best time was giving my son from 8.15 to 8.45 every single night during the week, um, my undivided time that I put him to bed. And sometimes we play games and sometimes we read and sometimes we just talk. But what I did was I scheduled and allocated specific amount of time into that best activity, which was quality time with him doing the things that he enjoys. Now, doing that on a consistent basis, one day, probably not going to make a difference in a relationship. Two days, probably not. But I knew that consistently showing up with that high value activity would would create the relationship that uh, goal that I had for my son. And so that's a really good example of laying the same framework over even a personal relationship. You can do it with your loved ones or you can do it uh, with health goals. Really anything is is just get clear about what is your best time, make it a non-negotiable and identify that best activity and don't talk yourself out of not showing up for yourself. Oh, man. That's great stuff. I love that. I love how you figured that out to to use that with your son. And again, this is the kind of stuff that you get from your show. Um, why don't you go ahead and tell people, you know, maybe some of the, the most exciting things that you've kind of had conversations about recently and just, you know, just describe the show because it's very much uh, productivity for business owners. Yeah. So the podcast is called Productivity Straight Talk. Give, give a lot of straight talk over there about productivity. And um, I do a, a few different uh, formats on the podcast. Um, I do solos, which are mini trainings about um, anything about productivity from the standpoint of um, self, which is like mindset or time management, organization, um, and then also people leveraging through people. Uh, and then I also have interviewed uh, many amazing, amazing guests. And I also also do entrepreneurial case studies. Those tend to be my favorite. And I just take everyday entrepreneurs and I ask them what was their struggle in a specific area of productivity? What did that look like for them? How did they overcome it? So we're learning through their journey. And what does life or business look like for them on the other side? And you know why I said your number one goal in business is, is profitability. You know, many, many of my listeners are there because they may be happy with their profit but they're so stressed out or they're it's affecting their marriage. And so it's really about coming to a place of wanting to improve yourself so that you can live the life you really dreamt of. Awesome. So where yeah. would people, uh, obviously they can go to, you know, actually if people are listening to this, this is, this is what's funny about talking on a podcast is like, you're yep. literally listening to, listening to one right now. So you're either in front of a computer or with a device that has an app probably to play this. So go in that app right now while you're listening and type productivity straight talk and then hit the subscribe button or at least scroll and download some episodes and try it out. 
Yeah, come over, say hi, check it out, see if it's for you for sure. I have, you know, podcasting has been one of the best, biggest joys of being a business owner. It was the best decision I ever made. I truly, truly enjoy podcasting. So come on over and hear what we have to say about productivity. Awesome. Amber, great having you back on the show. Let's do it again at some time soon. And then, you know, we'll, we'll do try it sooner than later so that if we have to reschedule, we've got all that <laughs> that leeway to, to do it. So, But thank you again <laughs> yes, for being exactly. on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for inviting me. Well, that's another podcast crossed off your podcast listening to-do list. I hope you enjoyed listening in on this conversation with Amber de la Garza. It was great to finally catch back up with her again on the podcast. And I hope that you got something out of talking about finding your best time to use towards your best activities. If you found this episode helpful, would you do me a favor and share it with somebody you know would also find it as helpful? Hit the share button on whatever your podcast player app of choice is that you're listening to this on right now, or head on over to the show notes at beyondthetodolist.com. Thanks again for sharing. Thanks again for listening. And I'll see you next episode. <laughs>